0: All right, so we have a bunch of things going. We started our life semesters, our life group semesters. And if you missed this past Wednesday for Men's or Ladies Bible Study, it's not a problem. Just come this week. Uh, Everything's ready for you. Uh, Had a a great response this week, and and we're excited. Our our small groups just keep increasing and increasing. Um, And uh, we have some cards back there in the Life Center on February 21st and 22nd. It's the XO Marriage Conference, and if you're not familiar with that, it's done in Dallas by Marriage Today, Jimmy Evans, and they'll have four or five of the top experts and speakers on relationships and marriages, and so we'll stream that into, into our church. As a matter of fact, 500 places around the world will be streaming this conference in, and i tell you what, it's just a great way. It's a great way for you to improve your relationship. We have people that have been married for 50 years that come. We have people that are about to get married come. And some people are scared to go to marriage conferences because uh, they're afraid they're going to get beat up. But it's actually funny. We laugh. We have a good time. And I know I've heard all the excuses. Well, they don't, they don't know my marriage. Well, I don't know they're marriage experts, so I'm sure they've heard more than's going on in your marriage, OK? But anyway, it's just 25 dollars. All of your friends, the whole community' is welcome. Um, so we would love we would love to have you. I think we already have a number of couples signed up. And so anyway, we're we're blessed today. Pastor Jose, come up. Welcome, Pastor Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Jose is in from India. Uh, he's been doing a great work for the Lord over there, starting churches, winning people to the Lord. And and next Sunday he'll be speaking the whole the whole time, the whole lesson. Uh, but I, he just got in, and I wanted to give him some rest. And I actually bring him here for two weeks so he can rest <laughs> because he, he works too hard, and I want him to take care of his body. Pastor,
1: praise God.
0: It's on.
1: I greet you all, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, last many years. Family Life Church, Presbyterian Family and all the believers in this church, all people are praying for us and helping in spiritual way and physically,
0: physical uh, way. It's really phenomenal. Uh, if you don't know, we're an international ministry. We have more than 300 churches in India and Nepal. And uh, since we partnered with Pastor Jos, uh, we have started 262 new churches in India and Nepal. More than 50,000 people have given their lives to the Lord. It's incredible. It's incredible. Doing an incredible job. All right. so. Starting a new series today, February, every February is Relationship Month at Family Life. Um, of course, it's Valentine's Day, and uh, like this, this time we'll have the XO Conference that's focused on marriage. And I, I just do a, a, some type of a series that, that is just focused on, on relationships. And, you know, I think sometimes we take some relationships for granted. I think sometimes we do dumb things in relationships and we hurt them sometimes people that we really should be friends with, we put them off when they could really benefit our life. And so the goal is just to bring everything uh, back into perspective. Have you ever had one of those bad relational days? Come on. You just have a bad relational day. Brett says no, but his wife raised her hand. So um, you just have a bad relational day. Maybe your husband, your, if your husband, you and your wife just didn't communicate so well today, there's some tension there. Maybe your kids don't like you today. Maybe your dog won't even come to sit on your lap today. You're battling finances or some, there's some problems with coworkers at work. I mean, having a bad relational day and all of a sudden you look on social media, Instagram or Facebook, and one of your annoying friends posted the perfect picture of a family. Everyone's smiling, everyone's happy, you know, or maybe they post pictures of vacations. And, uh, you know, it's the vacation you've been wanting to take for 10 years, but your husband just won't fork it out for it, you know, and there they are, your friends are in your your place. They're in your gazebo on the beach. You know what I'm saying? And, And sometimes things like that happen, we see things. And, of course, we only post pictures or put pictures out there that make us look good, right? No one, no one, well, I shouldn't say that. Some people do. But anyway, most people don't. But the truth is, that perfect picture, um, that family that put on there, their family isn't always perfect. They have relational issues. They have days when they can't communicate. They have days when their teenagers slam the door and tell them to leave them alone and, and things like that. So we're starting a series this morning. I'm calling it Relational Goals, just some redefining some goals of relationships. And during this series, we're going to look at all types of relationships. I mean, think about how many different types of relationships we're in every day. I mean, we have relationships at work with with co-workers, professional relationships. We have relationships in our family, you know, marriage, parenting, uh, mother, father. We have neighbors. I mean, we have have all kinds of friends, all kinds of relationships. And... In, in two weeks, next week, Pastor Joseph is going to have the whole, whole day. In two weeks, uh, I'm going to get Tracy up here with me, and, and she's going to tell you everything I've ever done wrong in our marriage. <laughs> Maybe I can't promise. I had to give her some bait to get her up here, you know. So anyway, so she's going to come up here, and we're going to talk about relationships, talk about parenting. We're going to talk about all type of uh, relationships. And I want to make you a promise that, Uh, If you'll come every week these next four weeks um, and listen to what we say, it's going to be very biblical, very practical, just some tools in your kit that you can use for everyday relationships. If you'll come every week, your relationships will be better. And I'm I'm not over-promising and under-delivering. I'm telling you, there's going to be some very practical things that you can use to better uh, your your relationships. And today we're going to talk just about relationships in general. And um, today I've titled this lesson Eight Legit Laws of Relationships," eight legit, eight legitimate laws of relationships. And um, you know, you can, as we go through these, you can deny these, these, that these, these laws. You can say they don't apply to you. They can say that you don't work. They don't work. They won't work for you. Um, but these eight laws affect every person and every relationship. Sociologists re, did, were doing research, and they said that every year. The average person will interact with between 500 and 2,500 people a year. Between 500 and 2,500, uh, you know, hundred people a year. So if you're an ext- if you're an introvert and you say, "Well, I don't like people," so maybe you only interact with 300 people. Maybe you're an extrovert. Come on, we know them, and they and I mean, they may be up to five or six thousand people. They just can't get enough of people. But think about it, that's a lot of interactions, and a lot of those are not going to be the interactions that you necessarily want to have. And so we have to learn how to deal with with relationships. And, you know, the Bible, it's very clear that the Bible, in the Bible, that God is a relational God. He's very relational. As you study the nature of God, you really come to the idea that the whole Bible is about relationships. The whole Bible, that's what it's about. Our relationships with each other and our relationship with God. And of course, um, an example, this is the Trinity. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And they're in a perfect, harmonious relationship. And And you say, well, why did God, why did God create us for relationships? Life would be so much better if we couldn't talk. <laughs> and the truth is that God God uh, created us for relationships because he knew we were created to need relationships. And uh, when our relationships are good, there's nothing better. And when our relationships are poor, there's nothing worse. You know, but, but think about this. So the, the the problem with our relationships, one of the big problems is, is that is that sin has come into the world, you know, both. Uh, This is before sin, Genesis 2.18. It's not in your notes, but we'll get there in a minute. Uh, God looked at Adam, and he said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'm going to create a helper for him. Now, that's pre-sin. So if it wasn't good to be alone in isolation without friendships, relationships before sin, it it certainly isn't good for us to be in isolation and without relationships with sin, and, you know, after it entered the world. So relationships, they can bring the greatest joy or the most pain. I mean, listen, the majority of my, 90% of all my counseling sessions are about relationships. And people are hurting and, and people don't want to hurt. They want their relationships to be healthy. They want their relationships Uh, to be well. So let me ask you a question just so I can make sure that I'm talking to the right group of people. Um, How many of you in here, I, I want you to be, actually I do want you to raise your hand if you would just be so, sometimes I don't want you to raise your hand and you still do, but anyway, how many of you in your life at some point have experienced pain because of a relationship? Yeah. How many of you have experienced pain this week? How many of you, you were driving here this morning? So yeah, that's why she's not here today, right? But broken relationships happen so often that we just, we need to go to God's Word to find out about relationships, how to maintain healthy relationships, and how to fix our broken relationships. Uh, God wants our relationships, you know, to, to be healthy. And really, in this series, we're going to focus on Jesus, uh, because Jesus is the only perfect human to walk on the earth. And Jesus experienced every human difficulty in relationships that we do. Jesus had a family. Jesus had friends. Jesus had coworkers, the disciples, his ministry team that he traveled around with all all the time. Jesus experienced the the high of people loving him and the low of people betraying him. And uh, think about this. Jesus even had to relocate geographically. He was born in Bethlehem. He grew up in Nazareth. And then he... He uh, relocated to Capernaum around the Sea of Galilee during his three years of, of, of ministry. As a matter of fact, Hebrews 4.15, I apologize, this isn't on your notes, but it says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, <clears throat> but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. So let's look at these eight legitimate laws or principles of relationships whenever, if you attend a seminary, they always tell you when you speak, never have more than five points. <clears throat> so there's eight today. So I'm going to move fast, but I, I, I was trying to whittle them down and I just, this is as far as I could get. So some of them I'll spend some time on, some of them are fast because they're common sense. So what I want to ask you today is, I'm probably going to challenge you today and, you know, uh, I don't think a, a lesson is good if it doesn't challenge you. But, but I want to challenge you to think about your relationships because it's too simplistic to blame all your relationship problems on someone else. That's too simplistic. There's multiple people involved in relationships, and sometimes our relationships are messed up because of something we've done, our pride, our selfishness, our criticalness. Sometimes they're messed up because of someone else, what someone else has done. Sometimes they're messed up because we're just shallow both people are just shallow, man. You have to swallow your pride to have good relationships. You just have to. So number one, the law of hospitality. The law of hospitality. <coughs> Proverbs eighteen twenty four. it says, a man who has friends must show himself to be friendly. So in order to have friends, you have to be friendly. And, you know, again, I, ha- I have people tell me from time to time that I don't have any friends and, you know, you, you say this as nice as you can, but guess what? If you don't have any friends, it's your fault because you're not being friendly. The Bible says if you show yourself friendly, you will have uh, friends. So if someone has no friends, it's because they've been friendly to no one. If they have one friend, it's because they've been friendly, friendly to one person. If they have three friends, it's because they've been friendly to three people. Have you ever been somewhere... Like, you're sitting there somewhere, and someone just walks in, and, like, you can tell, like, they're in a bad mood. They don't want to talk to anybody, and they just kind of blow through people and don't talk to anybody. You ever been there? Your your coworker, Your husband? Right? Whatever. And, um, but it's like, man, you know, we can't do that. We, we have to be friendly even when we don't feel like being friendly. We just have to. So be friendly to everyone. It doesn't mean you have to be close friends with everyone. But be friendly, uh, you know, to everyone and be friends, close friends with, with a few. I mean, you can't, you can't be close friends with everyone. There's not enough time in the day. So think about Jesus. He was friendly with the crowds, right? The thousands that pressed on him. It says he healed them. He talked to them. But he wasn't close friends with the thousands, who is he close friends with? Well, he had a, had a smaller group, his, his 12 disciples. I'd say he was pretty close to them because they traveled everywhere together. But even in the 12 disciples, he was really close to three, Peter, James, and John. Well, what did Bartholomew do wrong? Bartholomew is listed in the list of disciples, and we never mention Bartholomew again. What did poor Bart do? Well, he, 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 didn't, he didn't, I don't think he did anything. I think Jesus was actually close to him, but Peter, James, and John. And among the three, he was probably closest with Peter. Even though John, in his gospel, said, I'm the one whom Jesus loved, you know? <laughs> Still, okay? He was also really close with uh, two brothers and sisters, Mary, Martha, and, and, and Lazarus. So, the law of hospitality says, we have to be friendly to build strong rela- relationships. You know, I'm, I'm I'm, I'm an extrovert, so I naturally like talking to people. And there was a time when my kids were small. Let's say we were going home and we had to run in for a grocery store and get one thing. Uh, my kids started forbidding me from going in. Because, like, dad is going to talk to somebody that he doesn't even know, and, and we're going to be out here in, in the car. And one time, Trace and I, a few years ago, we took a vacation you know, one of those things to where it was a cheap trip to go to an all-inclusive place in Mexico, I believe it was Cabo San Lucas or something, and it was a good price, and, and we wanted to go somewhere where, where we knew no one. I was just, we were tapped out. So we went there, and because of my propensity to burn, this, this guy was making custom sombreros, and he was painting them with all the NFL logos. And so, I said, you know, I bought a big Cowboys one. Please forgive me, all the Texan fans. Please forgive me. I, I don't say that. When we, our church was smaller, one time a lady and her daughter started coming and she found out I was a Cowboys fan and she left the church. So, you want me to pray for you or not, you know? But anyway, I bought a big Cowboys sombrero, you know, and man, it shaded like half of my body. That's a big, you said that's a big sombrero. It was, it was huge. And uh, man, I, I, wore, I, I started wearing that and wouldn't you know, like everyone started coming up and talking to me. People didn't even speak English, you know, started coming up and wanted to talk to me about my hat and everything, and I was like, man, I'm fixing to just take this off and get burned, you know. I look across the pool, there's a dude with a Cleveland Brown sombrero. Cleveland, right? No one was talking to him, so I went and bought. No, I didn't. I I didn't do that. I didn't do that. So Proverbs 18.24, a man who has friends must show himself to be friendly. The second law is the law of capacity. The law of capacity, and here's what the law of capacity says. We all have a limited capacity for the amount of relationships we can handle. We all have a limited capacity. Jesus, who was God in the flesh, he had a capacity in his humanity. Jesus had a limited relational capacity. And when the crowds descended upon him, he had to escape from time to time to spend time with his father And he says, I have to withdraw and replenish. Let's see that in Luke 5, 15 and 16. It says, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and and to be healed of their sickness. But Jesus often withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Some of you may be like, man, I don't need a crowd if three people descend upon me. I have to withdraw and pray. We all have different capacities. And a lot of it is due to the personality that God gave us. And most likely you married somebody with a different relational capacity with you. And things like this happen. Hey, let's have 10 people over this weekend. And the other one says, I can't. I'm I'm tapped out, man. I am tapped out. I mean, when I get tapped out and and I withdraw, sometimes Tracy says, what were you thinking about? I wasn't thinking about anything. No, no, really, what were you thinking about? Nothing. I mean, that's the whole purpose, right? I, I tapped out. So the law of capacity, so, so think about it. Think about it in terms of a car. Some people are like a smart car. One friend is enough. Like one friend, that's, that's their capacity. Other people, maybe you're like a Honda Accord. And three people in there, that, that does you good. Some of you are like a suburban. And seven, man, you can have seven friendships going on. Some of you are like a school bus party, right? But when that school bus is full, you're done. You're done. All of us have a relational uh, capacity, and so so think about this. I was thinking about this. If if you're married and you have six kids, I, I don't know if anyone in here has six kids, but just to work with me, if you're married and you have six kids, there are 56 lines of communication. You can get tapped out really quick, right? So you say, "That's it. It's my." My kid's fault that I have no friends. It's my kid's fault. And then, but think about it. But then, you know, they start to get married and you have, in-law, you, have you know, son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws, then there's grandkids and, and it gets really busy quick. So the law of hospitality, the law of capacity, the third is the law of seasonality. And the law of the seasonality says there are seasons in a relationship Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 and 5, it says this, There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to reframe for embracing. You know, there's, there's a top ten song. Uh, I mean, it's old, but it's always in the top ten. It's a classic. You know that song, To everything, turn, turn, turn. That, that, that's one of the only top ten songs that I know that came straight from the Bible. That came straight from Ecclesiastes. There's there's a season for everything. So our relationships have a season, and not every relationship is going to be consistent through the whole seasons of your life. Think about this. Jesus grew up in Nazareth. We don't know one friend that Jesus had in Nazareth. Not one. Now, would it be fair to assume that Jesus had friends in Nazareth? He's going to synagogue, he's going to grade school, he's going to school together. Sure, he had friends, but none of those friends translated to his season of ministry. So, yeah, he had friends in Nazareth. I'm sure when he went, when he went back there, he had friends that he, that he st- stayed with, friends that he knew. But when he started his season of ministry, the three years of, of traveling around and speaking, those friends didn't translate. And, and so there's different seasons, uh, you know, of, of friendship. If you want to think about the law of seasonality, I want you to go home and open up your high school yearbook. I know you don't want to see your picture. I know that. But think about it. Read what people said about you. I had mine out a while back, and this guy says, man, Terry, you've, you know, I appreciate your friendship. Um, You've really encouraged me, blah, blah, blah. You've made a difference in my life. I'm glad we're best friends I know we'll be best friends forever. And it's signed Jeff. And that was when I went to high school in Florida in my junior year. And, you know, I haven't talked to Jeff in 30 years. Why? If I saw him, we're not mad at each other. Nothing's wrong. It didn't end on bad terms. I just, a different season. I went this way, he went that way. Our, Our paths just haven't crossed. So if we try to pull every relationship, into the future, we will end up being frustrated. This past week, uh, there was, you know the show 30 for 30 on ESPN, I, I was fascinated, I watched the 30 for 30 on Michael Vick, and of course, many of you know, he's a NFL quarterback, he came literally from, from the projects. you know, no, no father in the picture, and, you know, came, I think he was the first one to sign a hundred million dollar contract with the Atlanta Falcons, and So what happened is he got in a bunch of trouble, went the wrong path. Well, this one guy said he went to his house, and there's 17 people living in his house. And Mike is the only one working. And what happened is he felt so bad for all of his friends that were poor when he moved to Atlanta, he moved them all with him. And so he's going to play football, and there's drugs in the house, there's all all kind of stuff in the house. I'm I'm just saying... He, he, I mean, he's taking responsibility for what he did and what he allowed to happen in his home and all that. But how many know that if it had just been him and his wife and his daughter, he probably wouldn't have ended up in that? See, that's, what, that's the problem. When you take a friendship from the past and you try to take them up there, but they don't share the same values, morals, principles, or it's just a different, a different season. So not every relationship is supposed to be forever. So the, third, the fourth one is the law of Safety the law of safety and the law of safety says we need to understand that we're called to love everyone love is free but trust has to be earned we get we have big problems in relationships when when we place trust in people that haven't earned it I, i'm surprised I, I, have people end up in my office like, hey, I've got a big problem. There's this person, we became friends, and I told them a bunch of personal, intimate stuff, and now it's everywhere. Well, you knew those people for two weeks. Trust has to be earned. Don't be naive. There's only a few people that you should share your most trusted uh, you know issues with. So many of the struggles that we have in relationships, we have trouble putting boundaries on our relationships and Jesus had boundaries with people. Look at this, John 2, 24. It says, But Jesus would not entrust himself to them, the the crowd, for he knew all people. Now he trusted himself with the disciples. He trusted himself with Mary and Martha. He trusted himself with some people, but he said, all the crowds out there, I'm not going to entrust myself to them because I know I know their heart. So Jesus loved everyone, but he didn't trust everyone. Love freely but trust must be earned. Psalm 28.3, it says this. Do not drag me away with the wicked, with those who do evil, those who speak friendly words to their neighbors while planning evil in their hearts. Do you, you do realize that those people exist, the people that say nice things to your faith, face and they're planning your own demise? There's people, there's people like that. So love freely, but you have to, you have to trust, has to, has to be earned. The, the, the fifth one is the law of clarity. I'm moving through these quick, the law of clarity. And the law of clarity says this, that we have to understand that there are lanes in life, like a road lane, like different lanes. There are relational lanes in life. Think about Jesus. Jesus had a lane for the religious leaders, Jesus had a lane for his close personal friends. Jesus had a lane for the crowds. How many of you know that Judas got a lane too, didn't he? Judas, he got a lane. So think about going down a highway. Are you ever going down a highway and there's one special car on the whole highway and they don't need to put their blinker on to move on over on you? You ever know? Are you that per, How many? I mean, you're just driving on the road, and, man, it's, it's like unsafe, you know, they just move in on you. And do you know that in our lives we have relationships like that? Where someone we hardly don't know, we don't know them at all, and they don't understand boundaries, and they, they'll, they'll just move into a lane, and all of a sudden they want to be our best friend or, you know, whatever. It's kind of it's, it's, it's strange. strain. They're, they're relational lanes. And sometimes people pull into a relational lane that they shouldn't be in and they don't use a signal. You know, it's like one time I had a, a, a person come to church, and after church they came up and told me they wanted to be best friends with Tracy and I. And I was like, well, you're a first-time visitor. I, know, I don't even know your name. You know, I'm not saying that it can't happen, but, like, I, you know, it, it, awkward. Have you ever been there? like, this is awkward, man. It's like, why you do this to me? What's wrong with people, you know? Um, or someone just comes up and says, hey, I want to— I'll babysit your kids for free. Man, I wouldn't let you watch my dog for free. By what I know about you, you know? And so, I mean, there's these awkward things, but but people, you know, you know, it's not like if someone in your close lane offers to do that, that that's one thing, but like they're they're I didn't even know they had a lane. They didn't even have a lane in my life. And now they're trying to move in to my home, you know? So, Hey, listen, I didn't have room to put this in your notes, but they're going to be on the screen, so you may want to take a picture with your phone of these. There, are, I have identified 12 relational lanes. There's 12 relational lanes, and maybe you can knock this down to 10, maybe there's more. First of all, lane number one is your enemies. Lane number one is your enemies, the people that don't like you, the people that, that are, are to harm you. You know, Jesus had the religious leaders. Jesus had Judas that betrayed him. You know, they didn't like him. So... Enemies, your enemy lane should be out here away from you. you got to keep them at arm's distance. Don't don't let them in. There's the enemies. Then there's just, sometimes there's former acquaintances. And former acquaintances of, yeah, I know them, but I don't know them. And you may see them around town. Then there's distant relatives. Every family has a crazy Uncle Charlie. Like you love them, you know. You're going to go to their funeral, but... You try to keep your kids away from Uncle Charlie. If you don't have an uncle, a weird Uncle Charlie in your family, maybe it's you, right? Okay. <laughs> I wanted you to get that one on your own, but you weren't working with me at all. <laughs> then, of course, there's professional relationships. Professional relationships. And, you know, we work with these people, and we have a really good professional relationship, but that's all it is. You know, we don't, you know, we don't, after work, they go to a bar. I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to do that or whatever. But you work fine in relation. So there's, but our relational, our, our professional um, relationships, it's a lane in our life and it's an important lane. And of course, then there's neighbors. There's an acquaintances, acquaintances like maybe on social media or Instagram or Facebook, and and uh, it's just, it's just an acquaintance. Have, have you ever maybe someone asked you to be friends on Facebook or something and you, you did that, and then, you know, they post something, and maybe you like it. You post something, and they like it. And You know, you think, oh, yeah, yeah. And then have you ever just seen them? Like you just run into them later? You're like, oh, boy, I'm going to have to hide that one. You know, I'm going to have to hide that one. That, that one's a little bit strange. Uh, of course, coworkers. Then, then there's friends. There's a friend lane, our friends that we have. Then there's Mentors. And we should all have mentors in our life. I have a couple mentors in my life, and here's how mentor the mentor lane works. I don't talk to them all the time, but when we talk, it's important. When they call me, I pick up if I absolutely if I if I if I can. When I call them, you know they they will call me back because they know that I probably need something. Then there's close friends, the the friends that we let on the inside lane right there. There's close friends, and and there's close family, of course. And 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 then there's, we should have a relational lane with God, and just be, just because I put God at twelve, obviously it's the first. But as matter, let me tell you how your relational lane with God should work. This is God's lane, and you should jump in it, and you should follow. You should follow that lane. So think about this with him. See, we we have problems. We have problems when we have. We let people who should be on an outer lane, we let them in too close into our lives. The, the people that, you know, you know if you go along with them, you're going to end up in trouble. There's people they have, they don't, you know they're, they're, I, have, I have some acquaintances and, and they're nice and I talk to them. They don't want to have anything to do with, with God and maybe they don't even like church. I have some people I know that they tell me they don't like church. I'm like, okay, well, all right. I don't guess they're going to come on Sunday, but anyway. We, we get in problems when, see, there are some people, let me put it both ways, there are some people that should be in a closer lane that you have put out for some reason. And there are some people that are too close and should be put in the farther out. So you have to manage these relationships. Don't let people get in. And, and then sometimes we have to do a DTR, a define the relationship. Have you ever had to define a relationship? See, sometimes... We just end friendships instead of defining the relationship. You know, Jesus, Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends. And, of course, when Jesus was arrested, Peter denied him three times. Jesus said he would. He him three times. So when he saw Peter after the resurrection, Jesus had to have a DTR with Peter. He had to define the relationship. And we see that in John chapter 21. It says this. Verse 15, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Then Jesus said, Feed my lambs. And if you read the whole thing, Jesus didn't, didn't just ask him one time, did he? And, and so, so think, what did Jesus say? Hey, Man, you acted like we weren't friends. You acted three times like you didn't know me. Three times you denied having anything to do with me. So I need to know are we friends today? Are we friends? Are you my friend? And of course, Peter was broke and said, Yes, please, you know, please forgive me. And he says, Listen, if you love me, then you'll take care of my lambs or, or, or my sheep. And so there's probably some friendships. That you need to have a DTR with. Man, what is, what is, the, what is you know, defining the relationship? Jesus had another DTR with, with, with Judas. In John chapter 13, verse 27, it says, When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered his heart, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and go do what you're going to do. That's a DTR. Hey, this relationship is over. And, you know, basically what, what Jesus is saying, you're closer friends with the devil than me. Yeah. So that's it. That relationship uh, is over. And, you know, I, 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 I want to think about this because I want you, I, I'm, I'm really just trying to get you to think. This is very important. Sometimes when I look at my relationships, there's one or two people that have really had a valuable impact in my life And we've just kind of gotten away from each other. And I'm like, man, they were good in my life. And they're in an outer lane now. You know what? I need to get in contact with them. I need to move them a few lanes closer because they had value in my life. And, again, sometimes we let stupid things, stupid things break up friendships. And it's not, it's just not, it's not good. If you have someone, if you have someone in your life, and, man, they were always there for you when you needed to be there, Maybe they kicked you in the pants when you need to be kicked in the pants. Maybe they encourage you. There's not too many people like that. There's not too many people in your life. And, you know, I have a couple friends that, you know, because life is, they may live in a different city or whatever, but if I'm in a vine, I know that I can call them, and they'll always be there for me. So we have all these lanes, but you got to make sure the ones that occupy your closest lanes are the people that are, that are, a blessing in your life. Lane number six is the law of idolize, demonize. Idolize, demonize. You won't find this in any books. This is when you meet somebody and they put you on a pedestal. And then a few weeks later, they're putting you on the cross. I'm not not kidding. One time when the church was smaller, the church was smaller way smaller, we're meeting in daycare. And like I'm getting up there to start my message and a guy that had never been, to, he'd been to church three times. And he just walked up and interrupted me. And I'm like, he's like, can I say something? I'm like, sure, you know. He's like, I just want to say, Pastor Terry is the best, I've been to all the big churches. Pastor Terry is the best pastor I have ever had. He is the best preacher of anyone I've ever heard. And do you know he came to church about like four more weeks? And then I was a spawn of Satan. I'm really being serious. I'm really being serious. I'm like, man, you don't even, the things you're saying about me, I'm like, man, you don't even, like, you don't even know who I am. And you're saying these things about me. So think about it. This is biblical. So, so in other words, the faster somebody puts you up on a pedestal, the sooner you'll have a tail, horns, and a pitchfork that's what i'm saying you know when people try to try to do that so let's look in the life of jesus in mark 11:9 this is of course palm sunday it says those who went ahead and those who followed shouted hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord so jesus is entering jerusalem for the last week of his life and, man, they're breaking off palm branches, and they're waving them. And you say, well, what is all that about? The palm branches is, is kind of like it's—I know they're the Jewish star, the nature of Israel, it's the star of David. But the palm branch in the olden days was like—it was, it was like—had a nationalistic tone. It would be like you go in somewhere, and they're waving old glory, the stars and stripes, the American flag. It had a nationalistic view. And what they were saying when they were waving those was— all right, Jesus is here, the Savior here. He's coming to overthrow the Roman government. That's what they're saying. So they, they, they put him up here five days later, later, Luke 22, 23, 21, but they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him. In five days, Jesus went from, from riding in, being praised, having palm branches, and then five days later, you know, Pilate was trying, was trying to release Jesus to, to crucify Barabbas, a, a murderer, an insurrection leader. And the crowd is, no, 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 crucify Jesus, crucify Jesus. The same people who were waving palm branches. So when someone just starts singing your praise and, and they don't even know you and they're lifting you up here, man, be careful. The law of idolized, demonized can come into effect the seventh one is the law of the economy. I know I'm giving you a lot of information, but hopefully you can think about it this week. Uh, the law of economy. Think about the car you drive and the gas mileage you get, right? If you have drive a Prius, like you can drive forever, right? Yeah, I know some guys here on the front row that drive a truck. Say, yeah, but you got a Prius, you know. Anyway, if you have a Prius, I didn't say that. That was Jesse up here. So. If you have a Prius or a little car, you know, they can drive 50 miles to a gallon or whatever. Um, but some other people may prefer to drive a big jacked-up truck, you know. And you can go all kinds of places and all that, do some fun stuff. But the Prius is still going and you're at the gas station. There's some relationships like that. Some relationships are easy. They're smooth. They don't take effort. They're, they don't have any drama in them. They're not, emotion, they're not emotional. You know, it's just easy. You see each other. You get along. Families get along. It's just easy. They're mutually beneficial. In some relationships, it's like, man, it just, they just, you're with them for five minutes and they just drain you. They just drain you and and, and there's drama and there's just all kind of stuff and you're like, I mean, when you get together with them, you're not going to spend an hour with them. Like, you got to psych yourself up, right? You know, you got to psych yourself up. So, again, the law of the economy, some relationships are easy. They're easy. They're mutually beneficial. And others just take something, you know, out of you a little bit. Proverbs 25, 17, it says this. Seldom set your foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you and they will hate you. I would, you know what? Many of you know Ed Burns. Ed Burns was, he moved, when we started family life in our house, he moved next door to me. And, and uh, Ed worked from home. And so we're starting the church. We're always having problems and always having things. And I bet three or four days a week I'd walk over to his house. He'd be typing on his computer, you know. Ed's one of these guys. He can do five things at one time. He's brilliant. And so he's typing on his computer. And I would just go and just sit on his little stool and just tell him all my problems, and he, he would answer sometimes everything. And, and uh, I, you know, I think about it. I don't even know if he really listened. He was just working on his computer, you know. And I said, so I need to call. I'm going to call him tomorrow and apologize. Because I'm sure he had to tell Tammy sometimes. Uh, Ta- his wife, Tammy, would see me coming across the street. She'd just open the door and walk off. And I'd just walk in their house, you know. So anyway. but, but, uh, but So the law, uh, the law of economy. And what, I, what I'm saying is this. In every relationship, sometimes you're the one that's needy. I get that. But in every relationship, you know, some people, they never understand that in a relationship you have to give something. In a relationship, you have to overlook something. In a relationship, you know, it can't be all about you. If it's all about you. I I tell you what, if you have a, a long history of broken relationships, I mean, think back in your life. If, if your relationship's never healed, they're just broken and broken. It, 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 I'm not, it could be because you're looking at it only through what's beneficial to you. Okay? The last one is this, the law of priority. The law of priority. And uh, the law of priority says we have to prioritize our relationships according to importance. So if we go back to the law of clarity where I listed the 12, the 12 lanes, um, you know, obviously, God, God should be the number one priority of our life. God should be the center of our life, the most important priority of our lives. It'll make, He'll make all of our relationships better because he makes us better. He makes us better. And if you ask Tracy, <clears throat> am I a better husband today than I was when we first married? And, and she would say, I know she would say, by far. Because he has a lot more of God in him than he did when we first married at 20. Okay, what were we doing? Oh, my goodness. Um, But, you know, I'm just trying to get you to think. Many Christians make a big mistake. And the big mistake is this. They think that if a relationship doesn't fulfill them, the relationship isn't good. No human relationship can fulfill you none. They can add to your life. But if, see, God is the one that is supposed to fulfill us. And so I I, want to ask you this morning, I want you to be honest, because there, I, I believe this. I believe that there are many, many people who attend church every Sunday across our nation, the world. And although they believe in God and they've given their life to God, God is not the most important thing in their life. God is not the number one thing in their life. And you can tell if God's the number one. Okay, this is going to hurt a little bit, right? But you can tell if God is number one in your life by how you spend your time, by how you spend your money, and by the friends you hang out with. I mean, that, that, that's just it. I mean, if you look at your calendar and there's nothing for spiritual pursuit, no time for reading your Bible, no time for praying, no time for spiritual conversations, there's a problem. And so the problem is, is if God isn't first in our life, we're looking at our spouse, we're looking at our husband, we're looking at our kids, we're looking at our work, we're looking at friends, and, and we're, we're trying to suck fulfillment out of them, but they don't have it to give us. God didn't create people to fill us. Now, he created relationships for an extra bonus in our life. And marriage, kids, all that can add tremendous value, but you know, Tracy can't fulfill me. I can't totally 100% fulfill her. Only God can do that. So I, I just wonder today, you know, maybe, maybe relationships have been difficult because you're trying to get something out of them that God never created for them to give you. Would you stand with me this morning? Let's worship the Lord just for a minute, then I'll come up and close us out.
1: Gonna let you never gonna let me die. Can you lift your voice? And oh, you're oh, never gonna live. never gonna let me die. Oh. oh, never now gonna live, you're, you're never gonna let, down. let me die. Oh, you never let gonna live, you're never gonna let, let me die. You never gonna let me down. You're oh, you never gonna live. You never gonna let me down. Oh, never gonna live. You never gonna let me down. Oh, you never gonna live. You never gonna let me down.
0: Before you this morning, and Lord, we, we realize when we're talking about relationships that, that really it's our relationship with you that is the most important, God. And Lord, perhaps there are some here this morning that have never established a relationship with you, and, and, and that's what they need to do. God, perhaps there's people here this morning. And Lord, they they just, they love you, but through the course of time, they've just allowed things in life and different things just to, unimportant things to get in your lane, God, and and they've pushed, has pushed themselves off, off course this morning. If you're here this morning, you say, you know, Terry, I've never... I have never established a relationship with the Lord, and, and, and I really want to do that this morning. Is there anyone like that here this morning? They'll say, man, I need a relationship with the Lord, and I have never before done that. And how many of you here this morning say, man, I have just allowed things to get in my way of the relationship with the Lord, and, man, God it just isn't number one in my life this morning, and I know that, and I just want to repent, and I just I want to get God back at the center stage of my life. Just between you and the Lord, would you just raise your hands? I want to pray for you this morning. God, we just pray. It's so easy to let things that don't really matter invade our relationship with you, God. And Lord, we just repent this morning. God, we ask you to come into the center of our life, God, to to be the center, the guiding point, the most important aspect of our life, and Lord, forgive us. Forgive us when we, we haven't done that. And Father, I pray for all those that are just evaluating relationships. Lord, it's so, it's so easy for important human relationships to be broken, And and Lord, honestly, there's probably some relationships, we need to move them closer to a closer lane, and there's other ones that we probably need to move to a a lane further out because they're just not adding value to our lives. So God, I just pray this morning as we do this series, God, that you're strengthening our relationships, that you're helping us to make wise decisions in our relationships. And God, as we leave today, I just pray your blessing over everyone here, Lord. We're in covenant with you and I pray your blessing spiritually, mentally, physically and emotionally over your people, protect us, protect our minds, protect our lives, protect our hearts as we go through life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, church. Have a great week.